Bonnie Campbell, lift it up in your prayer. Uh, pastor uh, said she's in bad shape. He had to take her to the hospital. She had a mild stroke a few weeks ago. She's not recovered from that. She had to go back to the hospital. So uh, she needs some uh, prayer. Amen. She's desperate for prayer, miracle of God. Uh, and two, uh, if you're a man here, you want to go to the Prescott Conference, a few of us men are going to go. Uh, so if you're interested in that, get with me. Uh, tonight, let me know. We try to make plans for that. But if you've never been to a Prescott Conference, nothing like it. I'm nothing like it. Amen. Uh, we took a crew last time. Rome was there. A few other guys uh, had a great time. So uh, if you've ever been interested in Prescott Conference, uh, if you're a man, it's time to do it. Amen. So Mark chapter 5, you got your Bible, Mark 5. I want to preach on the great uh, payoff tonight, the great payoff out of Mark chapter 5. Uh, many centuries, uh, uh, or for many centuries, men and women in Europe uh, looked upon the looked out looked upon the cross Atlantic Ocean. All they saw was the sun setting on the surface of the water. As there, it's a vast amount of water you can imagine, and the 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 sun's all they're seeing. But they wondered if there were anything beyond. And uh, they would go to the the shoreline. They would talk among each other. I wonder what's on the other side. If there is another side. I wonder what's out there. This was common language uh, uh, inscribed on the vestment of the coat of arms of the nation of Spain was his national model, there's nothing beyond. Uh, Spain bought in to the, there's nothing else out there. But one day Christopher Columbus went sailing west, off into the sunset, and after a long time the sails reappeared, and the crowd were jubilant. They shouted with joy as Columbus announced there was a land beyond the sea that was rich beyond their dreams. It was a glorious paradise. The king of Spain changed their motto to there's more beyond. Amen. So with that in mind, now let's go to our text. Because I believe God wants us to see something uh, that's way beyond us. Uh, the great payoff, verse 25. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she had heard about Jesus, when she heard about Jesus, remember that, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. And for she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. Verse 30. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? Uh, but his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? Uh, and he looked around to see uh, who had done this thing. Verse 33, But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Be healed of your affliction. Father, in Jesus' name tonight, I'm asking you, God, for revelation, direction. God, give us dominion in life. God, help us be rulers uh, of circumstance. I pray, God, we'd be the head, not the tail. Uh, God, I pray, help us be a testimony in the earth for you. God, help us live by faith. Uh, God, and do your will in Jesus' name. Amen. The great payoff. So let's look at three things. I first setting or settling for less tonight. Settling for less. How do people get to the point where they're willing to settle for less 
or settle for the way things are or the status quo. You talk to some people, they're just, uh, they've settled for th just what it is. Or they've settled for less uh, uh, than what uh, they should be going after. And I believe there's a few th reasons why people settle for less spiritually uh, and in the kingdom of God. So I want to mention these tonight. One, uh, people settle for less because of what they see. The people of Europe, as they looked out across the vast water of the Atlantic Ocean, all they seen was the impossibility. In their mind, because the, the Atlantic is so vast, uh, uh, it's impossible. They viewed the Atlantic Ocean as a dead end, as something helpless and hopeless, something unattainable, unachievable, unworkable, and now the question. So if you would ask one of them, uh, hey, are you ever going to venture out? No way. Are, are you ever going to uh, uh, even attempt to, you know, find out what's on the other side or go there yourself? The answer would be no way. We're going to settle for what we have on this side. They came to the conclusion that this is it. Uh, there's no more because of what they've seen. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, Paul tells the Corinthians, we walk by faith and not by sight. Paul didn't want these Corinthians stifled. He didn't want them believing uh, and settling, uh, believing just uh, in the natural sense and, and, uh, and accepting the less. Uh, he said, listen, we're faith people, not just a sight people. David won the battle with Goliath because of his faith, and his faith was strong. David wasn't looking at the natural. His eyes were on God who does the supernatural uh, and far beyond what we can uh, think or uh, the Bible said or even ask. Jesus tells his disciples, Matthew 19, uh, with God all things are possible. And the kingdom of God, we have to get our mind around that, uh, that all things are possible with God. God will put things in our heart and our spirit uh, for our faith to lay hold of that because God, because God doesn't want us settling just for the, the less tonight. Faith will challenge us, amen, to believe God for the more. So the next time you settle for less, less of God, less of what God has for you, uh, we need to turn our eyes to Jesus. Mark 6, as many as touched him were made well. The second uh, reason people settle for less because of fear. You know, up until Christopher Columbus, uh, they believed that the earth was flat. In their minds to sell out uh, would mean you would fall off the earth. Uh, you're going to fall off somewhere, some point out there uh, because the earth is flat. You're going to fall off the earth. So because of fear, uh, Europe settled for less. We're not going to venture out. We're not going to believe uh, because, listen, it's flat. And we're going to, so fear. Uh, uh, Judges 7, verse 3, Gideon and his men are on the verge of great victory. God is going to, to move here. Miracles are going to take place. Uh, but before the fighting starts, God tells Gideon these things. Proclaim in the hearing of the people, saying, Whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him turn and depart at once from Mount Gilead. And 22,000 of the people returned, and only 10,000 remained. Think about that. 22,000 men. These are warriors, fighters, uh, but because of fear, they're going to settle for less. And less to them was bondage. Less to them was isolation, uh, oppression, uh, if you read the text. And uh, so 22,000, because of fear, 
are going to settle for less tonight. Let me ask you, what trouble is fear causing you tonight? Because we know fear is not of God. 2 Timothy 1, 7, For God has given us, or not given us, a spirit of fear, but of power. Amen. God says, listen, I'm bigger than fear. Uh, and God wants you and I to know that and believe that. The third uh, reason people settle for less is because of discouragement or past failures. In our text, as she had suffered many things from many physicians, she had spent all she had and, had, and got, no, got no better, but rather grew worse. You know, 13% of Americans are taking antidepressants. 32.7 million Americans uh, uh, over the age of 18 are considered depressed. Now, think about the numbers. That's staggering. Now, I'm not, I'm not belittling depression, but doctors find ways to diagnose you as depressed because there's money in the bank for them. Uh, uh, they yeah, depressed. They look sad, depressed. <laughs> but this lady in our text is not depressed. If she suffered this setback, she suffered these defeats, uh, but she's not depressed. See, the truth is doctors and pharmacies are making billions off antidepressant pills. You know, doctors say there's 30 ways uh, for you to see if you're depressed. I'm going to mention a few and tell me if you're depressed here. <laughs> Feeling sad. Irritable. Frustrated. Loss of interest. I'm just missing a few. Uh, amen. Overeating. Loss of appetite. <laughs> Restlessness. Angry outbursts. Indecisive. Uh, easily distracted, fatigued, uh, loss of energy. Uh, I've had at least three of them today. <laughs> and I'm not depressed, trust me. Amen. And in our text, I mean, this lady had every reason. Uh, some would say, hey, just lay there, man. Just take it life easy. You know I mean? Just here's some pills. Uh, but she, she didn't say, hey, I want the pills. Uh, I mean, she has no money. She has a blood disease. Uh, but the Bible says she rose up, pressed through the crowd, and touched Jesus. Uh, amen. So we know that, listen, you can't let past discouragement or, or past failures and discouragement dictate uh, uh, what you're going to believe God for. But people settle for less because uh, of this thing. The fourth thing people settle for less is because of no willingness to risk. The rich young ruler could have been a great disciple, even another apostle, but he wasn't willing to risk when Jesus said, come follow me. He wasn't willing to risk, uh, and because of that, we don't ever hear about him again. Think of the opportunity he got. Uh, just He got the same call Peter, James, John, all the others uh, got, but he said, listen, uh, I'm not going to risk. You know, Elkin Moss, if I say his name right, took all of his money that he had made and started Space uh, SpaceX uh, and Tesla, and today they're thriving. You know, Sylvester Stallone, with the baby on the way, moved to Hollywood and convinced a producer to make the movie Rocky, and we all know how that turned out. We're talking about risk tonight, taking a risk. Bill Gates, uh, after two years at the Harvard, uh, dropped out of college uh, to start Microsoft. Uh, so we're talking about people that are willing to risk tonight. Uh, 
these are people that will always advance. Uh, uh, amen. So, but people settle for less in the kingdom because I'm not going to risk. Acts 15, 26, speaking of Barnabas and Paul, said, "Men, these are men that have rest, risked their lives for the name of Jesus Christ. Let's look secondly at people of faith tonight. People of faith. If we're going to see God move, if we're going to get miracles, make our lives count, make impact upon our generation, we're going to have to be a people of faith tonight. Somewhere in your life, you're going to have to decide... Uh, I'm going to be a man of faith, woman of faith. I'm going to live by faith tonight. Uh, and because if we're going to see God move, it's going to take that from us. Our text, she has a blood disease. And in those days, this was the, this was, disease was the worst. This disease changed your life. It isolated uh, you from loved ones, from church. Uh, this disease uh, was, uh, uh, the, you know, among all diseases, uh, it, it was the most feared. Because if you're a woman and you have a blood flow disease, uh, uh, you're out of everything. I mean, you have no connection to nothing anymore. The Bible says she tried to doctor, spent all of her money, and was no better. I mean, no, doctors are good needed, but they, they don't know everything. Doctors are limited, and she finds this out uh, in our text. All of her natural resources ran out, uh, all the natural attempts. Uh, came to an end, but verse 27 said, when she heard about Jesus, now let's think about that statement, because this lady convicts me. The text says, when she heard about Jesus, uh, because we know him, don't we? We have relationship with him, and so many times, uh, instead of believing, we worry, we fret, we speak doubt, uh, and we don't, even, uh, we don't even know she's saved or not. Uh, just on hearing about Jesus, I'm going to believe it. <laughs> that ought to convict. Yeah, that convicts me, man. When, I, when she hears about Jesus, she just heard, uh, yeah, Jesus is in town. But listen, we know him. We have a relationship with him. Uh, uh, but how many times do we worry? How many times are we fretting about things? Uh, uh, but see, we're going to have to have some faith somewhere if we're going to see God move in our life tonight. Touching Jesus was not going to be an easy thing for her. Look at verse 31. It says there's a multitude thronging him. Remember, she's sick, she's weak, uh, and the crowd is large, and she's got to get to him. It's not going to be an easy task. You know, whenever we need to touch Jesus, there's a million things that oppose us in there. There's a million things that stand in the way. Uh, and if we're not careful, we will allow these things uh, to put distance between you and Jesus. If we're, if we're not careful, we'll allow these things, uh, uh, you know, to, to get in front of us and say, you know what, I'm not going to, I'm not, it's not even worth the, the effort. You know, faith has a language tonight. Verse 28, uh, for she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Amen. She knew the faith language. Uh, uh, here's a new convert at best. Uh, the Bible said when she heard about Jesus, it's interesting, a new convert's faith. Yeah. How many of you remember the new convert days? The uh, only thing you need is to hear the word of God. You came to church and heard it. That was it. That was enough. Uh, and you went to work the next day and told everybody about it. Uh, you told your family about it. They told you to shut up, go away. Uh, but you still told them, right? 
Because face the language, uh, and here's a lady that caught it, uh, and we need to catch it tonight. Uh, she said, if I only touch his clothes, I shall be made well. We still believe that. If we can just come to an altar after service and touch God, uh, listen, all things can be made well. Things can be different. We still believe that. But let's, let me ask you, what language do you speak tonight? We get sick. First, take me to the hospital. I'm dying. <laughs> it's not, hey, call pastors. Get some prayer. COVID. I get a little fever. COVID. <laughs> Can't come to church no more. First Samuel 17. David's language of faith saved today. Look at verse 45. Then David said to the Philistines, you come to me, or the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God, the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. Listen to this faith. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands. I will strike you and take off your head. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp, the, the Philistines, the birds of the air, and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. That's some faith talker. I mean, especially when you consider the size of Goliath, uh, he's their champion, man of war, uh, David, little shepherd boy with uh, some stones in his pouch. Uh, that's some faith talk. How many's ever had to do some faith talk before? I mean, things happen in your life, and, and it's like that. Ruth chapter 1. Her language of faith gave her new destiny. She said, Forever, wherever uh, for wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. Your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. And the Lord do so to me. And more so, if, if anything but death parts you and me. This is faith language. And somewhere in our spirit, amen, we have to develop a faith language, amen. Uh, uh, whether that be our marriage, our finances, just our ministry, our church, uh, we have to develop a faith language because, listen, a faith uh, triggers things supernaturally. Look lastly at the great payoff here. Verse 34. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Jesus says three things here we need to see here. One, he says, Your faith has made you well or whole. In other words, her faith brought her to Jesus uh, and a miracle took place. Think how her life changed here. She's now free to go wherever she wants. She can freely be with people. There's no more doctor visits, no more doctor bills. Uh, think how her life has changed here. Simply by her believing God, uh, uh, the great payoff of faith uh, is, listen, Jesus said, listen, you're going to be healed made well here. I mean, her life totally changed here. If you can imagine, uh, I mean, before, just locked up in the house, the, the issue that she has to deal with, the people, the isolation, she can't even hug her husband legally in that day. She can't embrace her children. But all that's changed now. Second thing, Jesus tells her, go in peace. Peace is when a war or conflict ends. So in her, when Jesus said peace, uh, go and peace, the conflict's over. The war is over. You're no longer going to struggle with this. Uh, 
It's not just a physical struggle, but it's an internal struggle. Uh, think about the mind battles. Think about the turmoil that she was in every day, just, just the natural things that you and I do, she cannot do. The torment that she trafficked in every day. Uh, but Jesus said, peace uh, uh, to you. No more worry, anxiety, shame, guilt, fear, mind battles, uh, they're all gone. Third thing Jesus says, uh, be healed of your affliction. Affliction, suffering, burden, problems, hardship, pain, trouble, misery, misfortune. I mean, I'm telling you, that disease in that day was the worst. I mean, if, if uh, all the other women would greatly pity her, knowing what she's suffering through, uh, and the Bible calls it suffering here or affliction, uh, uh, this is actually great suffering. Uh, uh, the misery that she, and Jesus said, you're healed from it. I mean, think of how life changed here. And that's the great payoff when you and I use our faith tonight, when we believe God, uh, when we speak faith, uh, things happen in us uh, and transpire uh, through our lives. Uh, I mean, changes forever. The great, great payoff was a new life here. When uh, Christopher Columbus sailed across the Atlantic, he said, it changed the way I see the world. He said, it changed the way I see the world. Listen, when you begin to use faith to see the way you change the world, when you begin to talk faith, speak faith, see through faith, it changes the way you see the world. When you learn to use faith, Imagine the world without the West. No Christopher Columbus. Imagine the world without the West. No America, no Canada, no Mexico, South America. Without the West. We wouldn't be here. <laughs> but I mean, just the East. I mean, the West is really the sanity of the world. <laughs> Middle East is crazy. Here are texts here. Maybe you're afraid to start believing tonight. God's been dealing with you about believing Him in some areas. I'm not going to pinpoint areas tonight, but maybe God is dealing with you about believing Him. Simply stepping out in faith, I'm going to believe God here. I'm going to begin to live by faith. I'm going to begin to speak things. Uh, but you're afraid tonight. There's fear involved in that. Maybe it's because of what you see. Listen, Jesus always knows who touches him. I've had people say, I can't believe because uh, what if Jesus doesn't see me? What if Jesus doesn't hear me? Verse 30, it says that Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, uh, who touched my clothes? Jesus knows when you touch him. Jesus knows when you decide to live by faith, uh, I'm not going to live in this fear anymore. I'm not going to be settling for less. I'm going to begin to believe God. Verse 34, and he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Be healed of your affliction. Let me close here tonight. Christopher Columbus changed the world by setting sail and risking. Think what could happen if you start believing God. Your children see you believe in God if you're married and get kids. Wow, look at that. He's, wow. I mean, just, I mean, just think how things would be changed. 
If you just start, step it up a little bit. See, Pastor, I already believe God, but step it up a little bit. I'm going to begin to believe God greater. I'm going to begin to believe God for more. Uh, the Bible said, upon hearing about Jesus, she believed. Uh, I mean, uh, does God have to twist your arm to convince you? The Bible says she just simply heard. Uh, uh, I mean, what a wonderful thing it is when we just come to church and we hear something, uh, we respond, and God's able to move and, and do miracles in our life. We don't have to be convinced. Pastor didn't have to sit down with us uh, and break out 30 scriptures. Uh, I, I believe it. I just believe it. I'm going to trust God. Uh, I mean, what a joy it is. Third, the great payoff benefits you. Believing brings you and Jesus in contact with the miracle. You say, Pastor, I get some areas in my life. I need miracles. Let's just start right here. Let's bow our heads tonight. Every head bowed. Every eye closed.